Welcome to Listening to Paint Drive with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And I'm Chris. Thank you for joining us on our journey to become better, braver, happier painters. Hey, wait a minute. That's that's my line. Uh, oh, Chris? You mean like Chris Suri? Is that you? That's me. Oh, okay. I, I guess that's okay then. Well, all right, man. That's right. Today, we are pleased to have a special guest, Chris Suri, on our return to the show. Welcome back. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, man. It's totally an honor to have you here with us again today. You know, we love uh, getting to catch up with uh, people that we've talked to earlier, especially because a lot has been go- a lot has been going on for you since the last yeah. time we talked. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of changes. Uh... I've been doing like coaching and uh, I've actually uh, been uh, got a book coming out. Yeah. And that's one of the big reasons we have you on here too. We want to hear, we want to pick your brain about Adepticon and all, but uh, uh, previously uh, the episode that'll come out before this was uh, Dave Taylor, the kind of the mastermind behind all of the book series in uh, the art of. Um, And so we're glad that we're going to be able to talk to you as one of the artists in the book, not just the person who, who created it. Um, so let's, let's just get started right out of the gate. How did this book come about? You know, I mean, it's gotta be one of the coolest things I've ever heard to have, uh, your art that's going to have a book dedicated to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I was really, really honored. Um, so honestly, how did it come about? Uh, Dave sent me a Facebook message one day and said, Hey, listen, would you like to do this art book? Uh, maybe you're familiar with it. There's this art of series. I've already done three of them um, involving a uh, uh, miniature monthly and Christoph and Anna. And he's like, I'm going to do another series volumes four, five, and six. Would you be interested in doing it? And uh, you know, I thought for like all of uh, two seconds and then hopped on to the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's been kind of a dream for me at least. I mean, literally I had a, uh, a few months before he asked me, I was talking with friends and was trying to shoot around the idea. I was like, what do you think it would take for us to make a book? And at that point, my idea was, you know, we make a book as in me and numerous other people. and We all just kind of put our art into it as a way to like split the cost and everything. And then a few months later, Dave just asked me out of the blue. Nice. Nice. I'm going to bet though. Sorry, before we go into a little bit, Dan, I'm going to bet it might have been like, I don't know, like a Stephen Garcia or Eric Swenson might have been in that conversation with you, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah. Eric, uh, Eric, Steve, um, you know, I mean, yeah, like, like a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. Like Dave Caldwell, um, Will Hahn, uh, and actually one of the other guys that is doing one of the Art of Series books, uh, Sinai, was in that conversation too. <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it's oh, kind yeah. of funny how it worked out. So we were able to, uh, you know, we talked to, to Dave Taylor uh, recently about that side of making this uh, the series of books. So how what can you tell us about your side of creating this book? Um, let's hear. So I started working on my book like at the end of September. So at this point, we I've been working on it for, what is that, eight months-ish? Yeah, like eight, like eight months or so. Um, 
the and I'm sure Dave probably talked about this, uh, but the beauty of the Art of series is that each book is designed by the artist. So it's very much our vision of what we want for our book and stuff like that. So for instance, and in talking with the guys, um, Tommy, uh, who uh, who's also in this series, going to be in our series, Tommy is more technically kind of oriented. And so I know he's wanting to focus more on not even necessarily recipes, but like techniques and showing those off and stuff like that. But where I am more interested in like art and uh, storytelling and composition and diorama building, mine's going to focus more on that. Um, so like, uh, you know, what I did was I, uh, I had the opportunity to kind of flip through some of what the, uh, the first series were early on to kind of get some ideas rolling uh, and then uh, came up with a, uh, a plan of uh, what I wanted to cover in the book, what topics we wanted to discuss, uh, what I wanted it to be. And then I submitted that to Dave and we started sitting down, hashing out and trying to come up with a game plan on how to get it done. Being that you're um, a narrative driven painter, um, which, you know, the, you, the last time we had a, a conversation, you know, that's what draws me into miniature painting. So that's why we are one of my absolute favorite artists. Uh, oh, I fanboy a little bit. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Know, you. I always, of course, I, still, of course. I always still feel weird when people like, uh, you know, it always blows me away when people are like, yeah, I really, I really like what you do or, you know, I'm inspired by this. I'm like, you are really? Why? <laughs> but, okay, great. Well, I love looking at, I mean, I'm, I'm, for me, it's really simple is that, you know, I can look at a space marine going, oh, that's very, very well painted. But like uh, when I look at your, your work or Michael Proctor or, Roman Laplatte and Oliver Spaeth, I, I kind of get lost in it. And I think of stories and uh, try to follow, you know what I'm saying? Like it draws me into a story and that's really what, a, that's what kind of turned me on into the miniature painting world. And, you know, seeing like starting out with my first introduction of it was Roman's display at Nova open. So, um, uh, yeah. And that, and that's what I'm always interested in. I'm always, I, like, I agree with that. I'm interested in the story and drawing you into the art um, yeah, I mean, I could fanboy all night about what Roman does. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, you were probably, I don't know if you were like me, but I've looked at probably 200 different angles on that last, uh, the zombie bridge. I've spent so oh, much time looking that at thing that damn is Amazing. It is so good. And what I, uh, what I love about it is like, so to do a swarm diorama like that is insane to begin with. I mean, it's, it's, you, you have to be a special type of crazy to tackle that type of project. Um, but even so, like looking at that one, that one is like so much better than even what he did before with like Last Light. And Last Light is beautiful and it's such a cool piece. But like, I think the zombie one's even better. When, you know, it feels like, uh, more of directed art per se yeah. you know what i'm saying like uh if, I, I don't know like the whatchamacallit the last light to me always feels like it's a snapshot in time where uh -huh. i don't know why i feel like there's more motion happening in the zombie one i don't maybe i'm going insane but no no no. you are right and that's actually what composition is is roman is using like the way he designed that piece and like certain angles and the way certain things move in it makes you feel like it's more 
alive and that it's actually literally moving. Like it's why when you look at the piece, you can almost hear in the back of your head, like the, you know, from the zombie or whatever, it, it, you know, um, like last light. I mean, it, it's just one of these things like to me, I guess, looking at it, I'm like, Oh, I can see where he learned and he did something even better the next time. And like, it inspires me to want to do a, like a swarm diorama, like the, the be that insane to put 150 models on one plinth and just try to create something. So that's good to the agenda. I can't even paint more than like two of the same thing. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, anyways, let's get back to you. I want to talk more about, yeah. about your work. And, and like we just said, you're a narrative driven painter. Um, did you kind of approach the book in, in that same way that is it more of like the, from kind of a beginning to end, like kind of narrative or like, is it kind of broken down into smaller narratives? Um. I would say it's probably broken down in the smaller narratives. Um, so, so the beginning of the book is, is literally just kind of like an introduction. Like, you know, hi, my name's Chris. This is a little bit about me. This is a little bit of history of my life. This is why I like art, you know. Um, tried also to be like um, telling a little bit about like, you know, how I used to be in art a little bit when I was in high school, but then I had to like lose touch with it. Um, and then kind of reclaim that as I got older, um, to, you know, maybe try to be encouraging to those people out there. They're like, I have no art background because I don't either. I mean, like I had one art class in college that was painting and I got like a B in it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have, I didn't have like this massive repertoire to pull from. Um, but then, uh, you know, so that's kind of like the beginning. Um, then the next portion of the book is maybe... I guess I, I guess it's a little bit more technically oriented, but it, I, I would still say it's not really all that technical. It's uh, we have a section talking about inspiration, um, which on one hand might sound kind of dumb. I mean, people are like, "Well, I know what inspiration is. I know how I get inspired." But part of the idea is, well, not only are we going to take, am I going to try to show you how to take that inspiration? I'm going to try to show you how to apply certain mental exercises to it. So you can start manipulating and turning it into different things. Um, like in particular, this, this is, is what is known as like Osborne's checklist. Um, and so it's this idea of uh, like manipulating things and trying to make them different to get a, a different result. Um, like a, a kind of an example I, I would think with it is how in how to train your dragon, which is this piece I did for Crystal Russia you know, a while back. That's, you know, this blue dragon um, with this like uh, Viking female figure, that blue dragon, originally that dragon's from Carol Rudick and it's like a swamp monster. Um, but by painting it in blues, I changed the way it feels. So now it doesn't feel like a swamp monster anymore. Now it feels like it's associated with the ocean. And that's kind of like how this, this checklist works. So that's part of like the inspiration part. Uh, then we have a section on storytelling. So we talk about like, you know, kind of like how do you tell a story and why is a story in art important? Um, and the reason a story in art is important is for what you were just talking about, Mike, in that you keep going back and looking at it, right? That's the point of the story. Go back and look again. Go back and look again. Go back and look again. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, after that, then we have a, a section on what we call composition, which is about how when you build a diorama, where you put certain pieces and how creating certain like geometric lines within that tells different stories. So like going back to Roman's piece, I would say probably one of the reasons why it feels the way it does is because in the bridge, he's got those cables that come across as a diagonal and diagonals create this sensation of movement. So that's how come the zombies feel a little bit more alive, you know, or, or so on with them. Um, so we talk about composition. Pun, pun intended, right? <laughs> pun intended. You got it. Um, then, uh, then there's going to be a few chapters on um, various pieces I've done that I guess I would kind of consider to be my, my better ones or probably people, one people remember. So like we're going to have a chapter on how to train your dragon. Uh, we have a chapter on uh, the triptych. We have a chapter on grandmas, basically kind of telling where the, like walking you through that piece. Like how did it start from inspiration? How did I move to the building of it? How did I move to the painting of it? How did it end up? That type of stuff. And then really the end of the book is, is, is hopefully just going to be a whole bunch of massive eye candy with a gallery, um, a gallery of various pieces that I like. But then with each piece in that gallery, I'm going to include a little bit about maybe the emotional connection I have to that piece and then the little story that I put with it. Very cool. I, I'm looking forward to this. I, uh, the one thing I will say before I, I think Dan's got the next question is that, uh, yeah, when I when I get this, I'm gonna when, when we meet in person, uh, finally, we'll, I'm going to have to get that book signed. Oh yeah, I'd be happy to do it. I'm I'm kind of hoping. Um, what I would love to see is once the books actually go out, I'd like to kind of like see where they go. Like you know, where do they end up? Do they you know? Is, is it possible one of them ends up in Antarctica, Antarctica or something like that? It would be like just really kind of cool to know know where it stretches to. Um, actually, I kind of have like two questions that I want to ask. Sure. Um, did you do anything special specifically for this book? Did you create anything for the book itself or uh, did you already have something in your back pocket or something in mind and say, oh, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and just do this. Um, I, I wouldn't say I did anything 100% for the book, but I am definitely doing, I've been doing pieces while I'm writing the book. And then I'm taking stuff for them and putting directly in there. So for instance, like, um, like I'm almost done with a piece right now that I haven't really even decided on its final name yet. At the moment, the, the working name is Blacksmith. But it's, it's kind of this piece with like this, uh, this female dwarf uh, from Big Child working at the anvil, restoring a sword and the, the scene of like her, her forge and all that type of stuff. And like that's something I started while I was doing the book. So I've been doing everything I can to document that process so I can have it for the book. Uh, but like, you know, uh, but yeah, I can't say I did it like 100% for the book. I mean, I'll probably take that piece to competition and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Cause that kind of leads into the next thing is about the photography for the book. Did you take all the pictures yourself or have a professional professional do it? No, I've, I've done like 95% of them myself. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I, vast majority of them I've done. 
Um, that was actually one of those kind of lucky things. So doing coaching with Alfonso, he, you have to submit pictures to him every month for him to critique, right? And if you send him crap pics, then he's only got crap to critique. So you got to send him like good stuff. So I had to kind of quickly learn how to start taking better quality photos. Um, I probably could still do much better than what I do, but literally I just use my, the camera phone. But then I have a setup with a gray background, use Lightroom, and then I have basically the two clamp light type thing going on. Or I'll use like one of those uh, selfie rings and shoot through it to get the lighting kind of right. And then in Lightroom, you can kind of adjust things to, to get it accurate. Um, and so th that seems to be doing pretty well. Um, some of the photos will will end up modifying yet. Um, like one thing I would like to do in the book is take photos of the pieces when they were done being built, but not, but don't have any primer on them or have any paint on there. And then actually draw lines to indicate this is, you know, you know, for instance, this is this part and this is how I built it. Like, um, I, I literally yesterday put up a picture of a base I just finished. Um, that's going to be, it's, it's a group of pirates robbing a ship. You know, it's it's my motley crew of goofy pirates robbing this ship and everything. Um, but like it has all these details in it and I want to label that so people can see what they're made out of. Because like one of the more interesting parts, I think, is there's a couple of fish nets in there. Like there's a set of nets holding this barrel and then there's this red net off to the side. That is onion casing crap. You know, those bags that your onions come in. That's what it is. I just totally that, and then I modified it a little bit to make it look more like a net. But that's 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 literally all it is, you know. Um, or recently, I did a piece for Golden Demon called "The Rats," um, and uh, it's you know it's a, a series of some scaven coming out of like the sewers and everything. Well, like oh, yeah, the two, yeah, yeah. So the the sewer tube that the the main like the leader rat's coming out of is a cup. It's a plastic kid's cup that I just angled and cut a certain way to give the the feeling that it's like a sewer pipe or whatever, and then kind of modify it. So, so that's part of one one of the things I want to kind of show in the book because um, people will be like, "Oh, where'd you get this? Or how'd you build that?" And a, and a lot of it is just looking at your environment and taking something and modifying it to be the thing that you want. So, Dan, what I'm hearing from Chris is that nothing is safe in his house. Not, oh, God, his no. House, no. Not his house. Not his house. Okay, it's a fun story. The the show what a show what a. I was gonna say a bad word, but also show what a not so nice person I am. So in Grandma's, that you know, so it's a scene of you know Grandma and there's like that fireplace behind her and she's got the soup in front of her and everything like that. That pie that's behind her that people like and everything like that. That pie is actually a little critter's piece from my daughter's set that I totally swiped. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying, no, there was like a, yeah, there was, it was just like one night I saw that like little pie in her set or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's perfect for that scene. Yank. And I just took it. <laughs> um, you know what though? I mean, you're going to, all the money you spent on food and clothes and all the other extra oh, yeah. activities. Yeah, she a little pie from a toy. Yeah, she owes pittance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the, I will say, I, I was going to ask if there was any tips that you could give about photography, but I guess you kind of covered that with uh, using the selfie ring, et cetera, in your process. 
Yeah, one of the guys in in the paint group with Alfonso, um, like one of my fellow students in there, like they were kind enough to be like, hey, listen, this is how I shoot it. I just use this like selfie ring. I can't believe how much that actually helped. Like that, you know, it's a simple like what, $25, $30 item you can buy on Amazon, but it gives you this great kind of general lighting. And then it has this built-in tripod essentially for your phone. So it, yeah, I mean, it's well worth the value. Do you use a light box at all or? Nope. Nope. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Not with the, not with the selfie ring. Well, not with the selfie ring. I don't need to know if you use like the lights, you got to diffuse it some, but like the selfie ring thing seems to do it well enough on its own. That's awesome. And Lightbox is that an app on your phone or is that a computer app? It's, it's one on the phone. It's called Lightroom. Um, Lightroom. Lightroom. Yeah. But you can just uh, get it. Um, uh, yeah. You can just download it onto your phone. It, I mean, it has a ton of features that I, I don't even use, but just the ability to adjust things within it is so much better than your can. And the, the phone, the, uh, the, uh, camera through Lightroom seems to be so much better than just the normal camera app that you have in your phone. All right. Now, I'm, you know, I just got yelled at by Eric for posting on his Discord. He's like, yeah, congratulations on this. And why can't you take good pictures? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I try. So no, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely have to give this uh, a try for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. So I guess uh, we've kind of run through the format of the book too. So talk, can you talk about um, like, give us like how many projects are actually in the book? Yeah. So I counted earlier. um, If we're talking like actual pretty things to look at in the book, I think by the time I'm done, there'll be 30. I think, uh, yeah, I've got, uh, so one of, one of the benefits you know, it just kind of luck or whatever that I have is that I don't really tend to get rid of my pieces and I don't really tend to sell them. So most of the things I've done, I still have. So I was able to go back and, and, and take better photos or update photos and stuff like that when I needed to. Um, so like, it lets me kind of show older things that I got, but also some of the new stuff. Um, I mean, actual, like really kind of going in it to, Discussion-wise, we'll probably focus mainly on five-ish projects or something like that. But then in the gallery, there'll be the rest of them. And so, I mean, yeah, they're roughly probably 30-ish pieces with like their stories and multiple multiple photos of them, I hope. Yeah, five is a good number. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a very good number. That's, that allows you to focus and then, you know, the rest of it is the gallery. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like even the photos that'll be like in the gallery section, there'll be like little kind of, you know, one one and a half paragraph type discussion about maybe how this thing was built or why some of the choices were made. But some of them don't need big long explanations or stuff, you know, stuff like that. Like, um, for example, maybe uh, like I know the the bus, the autumn priestess, is going to be in there. And we don't need like multiple pages discussing how she was built because, you know, there, it's a bus. It wasn't, you know, that difficult or anything like that. But there is like a little paragraph in there kind of talking about some of the tweaks I did or did with her to make her, her who she is and, 
and then why I made a couple of the paint choices and then like a little story about her. I mean, maybe it's possible. Maybe Dave will think I have too much stuff, but I'll let him cut that. Right. No, I think it's, I mean, that's, it sounds like a good balance. Uh, so we don't want to give too much away from your book and everything. Um, so we'll try to get something that maybe people won't see or hear about. Um, but what project do you think was most difficult to write about? Um, probably the most difficult to write about is the triptych. And it's just because it's so convoluted. Um, yeah, it just it, it's like a lot of moving parts, right? And like it's three separate projects, but at the same point, you're trying to write it as like one whole big project. Um, so it's 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 a little. I would say that you know, from kind of a technical aspect, aspect, it's a, it was a little hard to write because it feels kind of chunky. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably the hardest one. So much is going on in in all of your stuff. I mean, there are so many. There's stuff, stuff in nooks and crannies and like, you know, you got a crack on the floor and there's stuff in the, you know, besides just there being a crack in the floor, there's stuff in there. You know what I mean? So there's so many different aspects to your work that, you know, it's kind of, I, I could see how that could become uh, cumbersome almost to, to write, you know, like that. And if you look down here in the corner to the left and then two inches over and then, you know, like, oh, and, and to be honest, I don't even think I do that on the, on that piece. Like, I mean, I don't even go to that, that length, but like, um, okay. So like, let's say you take fate out of the triptych. So like the whole entire part of fate, I'm like, okay, so, you know, we got these three figures and this is, you know, where the inspiration came from. And then it's like, okay, well, this is how I positioned them. And then this is how I built the tree. But then I'm like, okay, but by the way, in Norse mythology, there's like this discussion about how there's four stags that jump through the tree eating its leaves. So I hid those in the frame and blah, blah, blah. And so there's this whole big piece of fate. But then you're like, okay, I haven't even touched on the other two parts of the series. And so it's trying to like intermesh those in a way that, that hopefully people enjoy reading. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is actually... I haven't been excited about a book series in, in a while. And this one, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, your work and uh, uh, seeing what, what, it, what it has to offer, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the series is, is, is great. And I, I don't just say that for my book. I'm, I'm saying that for the ones that already exist, the ones that are going to exist with like Tommy and Sinai, um, but then this idea, I mean, so by the time Dave is like what on his 10th series, you're going to have 30 books by 30 different artists, all designed by those artists, the pull inspiration techniques, ideas from, I mean, it's like a library catalog of just different arts. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm excited to be part of it. I mean, I'm, I'm honored to be part of it, you know, for for him and for other people to think it's worthy. My, you know, my pieces are worthy of doing that. It just, I mean, it makes me feel, it makes know, me feel it made sense honest. to me. When, when I heard it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That would be a person that would be a, a great book, you know, that would be uh -huh. artist. Well, thank you. Um, well, you know, he, he, uh, Dave did say that, you know, we're going to have our own book also, 
Um, it's what not to do, and it's an <laughs> so we just get a bunch of like blurry pictures and washed out colors and no lines or messed up. Lots of contrast paints, um, yeah. lots of screwed up brushes. We we talked a lot about um, a gray uh, gray primer <laughs> in our show. So so uh, yeah, there'd be a lots of those. We can uh, go through a large uh, at least a spread. Uh, probably my probably my centerfold will be just all the different color of grays uh, that I have <laughs> all the different plastics and primers different that primers, I use. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> he didn't like our title of they suck at painting so you don't have to. Um, the art of they suck at painting so you don't have to. <laughs> what not to do when you're sitting down to paint. Right, by, exactly. by Mike and Dan. <laughs> Forward by Dave Taylor. Right. I don't know how these jokers convinced me to do this. Um, you know. Oh, gosh, I lost money. <laughs> right, I lost money. <laughs> That's awesome. That'll be fun. It's a stretch um, goal. So. A stretch goal. <laughs> it will be the stretch goal. <laughs> Or the threat, like if you don't buy this book, we're going to publish yeah. this instead. If we, don't, yeah, 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 yeah. If we don't make if we don't make it within twenty four hours, yeah. Here's yeah, everybody's yeah. These books will be forcibly sent to you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so the project launches May ten, right? Yep. Yep. May ten. Kickstarter and runs about a month, right? Yeah, yeah, runs till like I, I think it's June first. I think it's the very first day of June. Awesome, that's so exciting. I, I'm so happy for you, man. Congratulations about the, this book, this project. Thanks, I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm really, really excited. I, I'm excited. I'm honored to do it. I just, I, I want to make sure I'm turning out a good quality product that that people will enjoy, and I just, I just hope when they get it that. They read through it, learn a little bit about maybe me, get to look at some really beautiful things and, you know, maybe they'll feel inspired to create something on their own then. There was this little convention that happened back in March. Um, we'd like to hear about some of your experiences with uh, Depticon and, of course, we want to talk about the Golden Demon. Sure. Um so it was amazing to get go to get to go back to Adepticon. I love that convention. Um, it's such a nice mix of a variety of things for me. Um, on one hand, you get to meet up with all of your painting buddies from like literally around the world, right? I mean, you get to hang out with like Alfonso and Ben. Um, you know, like uh, Andy was there. I mean, just all these great folks that, you know, that finally get to see them again in person and hang out. But you get to meet all your U.S. buddies again. Um, the convention center where it's held at is very nice. Um, and it's really nice in that it's not like going to Gen Con. Because, like, you go to Gen Con, it's nothing but just people, people, people everywhere, right? It's like a sea of people. Um, but this is smaller so it's a little bit more intimate, but yet it's big enough that, I mean, you have stuff to do constantly. Um, and then there's a lot of good restaurants around there too. Like, I mean, there's Portillo's. That's fantastic to go eat at. There's that wonderful, like whatever, uh, what's that? There's some breakfast place that's near there too that I basically woke up every early every morning so I could just go eat at that place. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
but yeah, and then like the other the other benefit of Adepticon is like because you got all these painters from all around the world coming, you just have a multitude of classes that you can take from like the you know some of the best people in the world. You know, not only like artist wise, but just actual they're just good people. Um, like I what when I was at Adepticon this time, I got I did a two hour private coach thing with Alfonso. I took faces classes with Ben. Um, I taught a class with Anthony Wang. Um, that we did like on atmosphere and diorama building. Um, then uh, got to take a class with uh, Francesco on freehand, which was absurdly good. It was like so interesting because like he uh, he basically had us paint everything in just grays. And so like you painted your whole entire little design on the shield. And like I'm kind of starting it out. I'm like, okay, yeah, it looks okay or whatever and that. Um, and then towards the end, he's like, okay, so now we've got, you know, all your values set, you know, basically you have a like a really high quality Grisel. And then we applied color over that to get the, and like, I mean, I've got the little shield like over there in my case. It like, honestly, looks like the cover of some heavy metal album. I totally love it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it was such a great class. Well, let's hit on that a little bit. Uh, so was this your first time uh, teaching at a convention? No, I, I taught at um, I taught at a, I've taught at Adepticon once before, maybe twice, maybe twice even. I don't know. Yeah, it's once or twice. Um, and then I've taught like a Warfare Weekend. Um, I've taught at Gen Con, stuff like that. I've been te- honestly, I've been teaching less and less. Um, I, I only taught the one class at Adepticon mainly because uh, Anthony and I wanted to kind of try out this like dual combo teaching thing. Um, but for the most part, this time at Adepticon, I just wanted to have free time for myself so I could go paint and see friends and do that type of stuff. So maybe next year I'll, maybe next year I'll teach a little bit more. Um, well, how did the, give us a report. How did the combo tag team work? How did that go? We, so in, in all honesty, um, we started out with some technical difficulties, which kind of threw things. Um, but once we got past that, I think we did well. And and I think, I think people liked it. They said they liked it, you know, and, and we've been fortunate enough that even a few people from the class after they were done on Instagram have actually posted things like further development of the projects that they started in the class. Um, Anthony had warned me that he thought we needed more time, like more time in the class to get to our conclusion. And I was like, oh, no, no, we got plenty of time. No, we didn't have nearly enough time. So like if we were to do it again, like I mean, I, I think we need to move it from like four hours to like a six hour type thing to try to give people more time to, to complete because what they actually did. But you know, basically what we did is um so I built bases for everyone. So we told them you need to bring a miniature. And I built like little two inch by two inch bases on just some like wooden plinths and that. And I just built the most random things. Like some of them were like kind of factory scenes. Some of them were forest. Um, one of the guys on uh, one of the guys in her class uh, that I got to know better afterwards, uh, Dan Dougal, he got this basically mm-hmm. magic mushroom forest <laughs> that he had to work with. Um, nice. Yeah. Actually, we know Dan. <laughs> Dan's a friend of the show for sure. I met him at ReaperCon last year. Oh, did you? Yeah, great guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice guy, really. Did uh. And I think I think Anthony is the one that got stuck with it, but I literally designed one of the bases that was basically this giant angry snowman looming over something. And I don't think anyone picked it, so Anthony got <laughs> stuck with it. But 
it, it was just like goofy bases, but trying to make you the, to figure out and tell a story with it. Um, and then Anthony's portion. So, so my stuff is diorama, building, composition. But Anthony is incredibly good with um, ambiance and lighting and an atmosphere. So he focused a lot on talking about how different lights affect different things. So like, you know, basically, well, how does a red light actually work when you have it on a green cloak, you know, and stuff like that. Right. Man, that's stuff that's hard to learn. So yeah, that's a, that sounds like a great combo. And, and it, it Dan will probably yeah. say the same thing to me later on. He's like, be like, yeah, man, we got to go to Adepticon. Right. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come to Adepticon. Let's go hang out. Yes. It'll be fun. That's yeah, guys, a great idea. Yeah, yeah, come to Adepticon. I'll take you out to Portillo's. We'll go get some of that like really, really soggy roast beef, and you can have a cake shake. All right. That sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, I think we're just going to have to – just here, every single time we talk to somebody who's been there, it's just like, I mean, oh, it's mind-blowing. It's great. It's fantastic. And you start learning more about all the classes that we missed, and we're like, okay. And Mike and yeah. I did talk about it. We were just like, yeah, we got all this other stuff going on. and Well, you know. in, this, in this year, it was a bit weird too, yeah, right? I mean – like COVID was just kind of slowing down at that point. We had just gone through the, the Omicron variant in January and everything had been kind of raging through February. It started kind of calming down. And then like actually the state of Illinois at the end of February did away with their mask mandate. So all of a sudden then like, you know, three weeks later, you're all at Adepticon and there's no longer a mask mandate and stuff like that. So that was kind of, you know, yeah. I mean, I can, I can understand people want to be cautious. So. Right. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and you know, like for me, it was more of the crap. I got one going to college and you know, soon <laughs> I got a graduate, I got a graduate. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta pick my poison of where I go. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Like, um, my oldest just started college this year mm-hmm. and then I got three more in line. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, just cause like I'm, uh, so, I mean, Mind you, like my real issue is I'm terrified of flying, but I really, really want to go to Monty. But like, one of the excuses in the back of my head, though, is also like, well, you know, it's going to cost us much to fly to Monty. And you got a kid in college, so you can't really afford it. Nice. Hey, hey man, I, I don't look at it as a bad excuse, you know? <laughs> For sure. And so now this is always... Um, Dan and I have an episode that will never see the light of day, but we're talking about kind of the nature of Adepticon now has the golden demon. Um, And it's interesting to me, (coughs) excuse me, I'm sorry, especially having an artist like you and the way that you paint. um, First of all, let me ask, was this your first time entering a golden demon? Yeah. Yeah. First golden demon. Okay. Um, your narrative style of painting doesn't seem to kind of match the heavier metal style of painting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not an insult to either form of painting, but they're just very, very different. Um, How did you feel with with bringing your pieces to the golden demon? Because I saw them, I saw the Skaven piece, the squig piece. I mean, they're, they're knock your socks off quality pieces. And so, um, can you, can you kind of talk about like what your thoughts were what, what were you thinking about bringing them to the to competition? Sure. Um, 
So okay, yeah. So you're right. In in all fairness and all in all honesty, my style probably does not match GW style. You know, like um, Games Workshop is very interested in clean precision, that type of stuff. I'm not. I'm 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 more painterly, as they would say. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so it, you know, like, uh, like I knew going in that story and stuff like that would not play a huge role. I thought maybe it might play some of a role, but I knew it wouldn't play a huge role. There was going to be more like, you know, uh, you know, like I said, painting clean and stuff like that, which is not my thing. So don't get me wrong. I pretty much knew going in that I had no hope. Like, I mean, like the, this is this is not my arena. But on the other hand, if you were going to enter something at Adepticon, there weren't like a lot of other choices. Um, and right. this was, and you know, there was this, and there was P three, and there was Creature Caster. Those were kind of the big ones, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and I knew if I was going to enter something, I want to enter probably the most competition the heavy you know the one that had the most stuff uh not stuff but it's like the highest quality and everything like that so i I was like i'm gonna go for it um what i what i learned is i mean like i think i think they do appreciate story i mean i know you know and i think they appreciate lore and all that but i think they very much want it within their box Right. Like, it, you know, so like, for instance, if you can put something together, it's like this tells the epic battle of whatever planet between these two factions or something like that. They're all in. You know, like, I mean, I, I think they're I think they're happy with that. But I think when you start taking variances off that, that's when they start being not as interested. Um, so, for instance. Um, so, for instance, I'll, I'll make two points with it. So, for instance, when I put my squigs in in that you know, the squigs are the squig writers of Kazadam. I, I mean, I like the piece. I think it's very vibrant in colors. I think it really grabs attention. I like the movement sensation in it, all those type of things. But I would suspect from their perspective, it's it doesn't look like their typical squigs. It doesn't have anything to do with the lore. Um, you know, the dwarven aspects are probably a little bit more Tolkien-ish than they are, say, you know, age of Sigmar ish. I, and so I, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so, so like I, I can see where they're like, well, this doesn't really support our idea of our world. So we're not as interested and which is totally fine. It's their competition, right? They right. get to make, I mean, I, I'm not the, you know, I don't, it's not my place to tell them what they should do with the competition. Um, but just so to kind of make that point clear, Let's take, for example, two other pieces that were in there that I think should have done better. Um, there was Ben's Rattling Tank, mm-hmm. which was very story-driven, really beautiful, had all these parts, but it didn't place. I don't. I don't. I think, unfortunately, it didn't even place like in the demons. I think it got it commended, but I think. I think that was the end. And no, I'm just, yeah, it was it. I mean, I, yeah, I just, I, I don't get that. And the only thing I can really kind of come up with is, is that 
the other pieces in that category were also incredibly beautifully painted to incredibly high standards, but they supported the IP more than his did. Um, right. Or the, even really kind of toss it out there. And Francesco's talked about this a few times too, uh, but Francesco entered a piece that he knew would never go anywhere because he basically took a space Marine. And like I said, I don't, I don't understand a lot of GW stuff very well, but it, from what I understand, he took a space Marine that was from one faction and then deliberately painted it to look like it was from a different faction and it didn't get commended or anything. You know, it didn't even get a, like a finalist pen or something like that, but the thing's obviously gorgeous and done so incredibly well. So, so there is some type of play with that. And like I said, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to poo poo on their, uh, on, uh, and their competition or anything like that. Cause I, I just saw so many beautiful things. Um, there were so many amazing artists that entered it and did incredible things and uh, produced various things that I found inspiring. I mean, I came home inspired from it, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool. I want to do this. I want to do that. But, but to me, it was very much more like, okay, so to do what, the quickie little lesson I think I learned from being at Golden Demon this time is like to do good in Demon, Golden Demon, you need one of two things to some some level. You either need to be incredibly technically accurate or you need to really, really sell the lore. And it's some kind of combination of the two of those that does the best. So that's what I'll try to do next time. Well, I was going to ask, that was going to be my follow-up. Do you think you might try to do that as a personal challenge. Oh yeah. 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 I'm, I'm interested in doing it again. In fact, I, uh, I can, I can literally say I just got the pieces for a future entry all stacked up mm-hmm. right over there. Um, <laughs> I haven't really done much with them. I've just started kind of playing around with the idea and everything like that, but it's a very, very big project and it's not something I'm really convinced I can have done by, 2023 it might have to wait longer. <laughs> nice. it's gonna take a while but, but yeah i mean like I'm, I'm interested in doing it again yeah i don't uh i think it's just a different type gonna, of challenge right exactly and i think that's I, I was just thinking about how sloppy of a painter i am um in that if i do like we go to adepticon i'll try to do like one as clean as humanly possible Stormcast and one as clean as humanly possible Space Marine and see what happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and, and like, I guess the other thing to maybe to quickly touch on about it. Um, so you can, you can go to any competition. You can go to Golden Demon. You can go to Nova Open. You can go to LVO. You can go to Monty, anything like that. You can take an incredibly, really well done thing. It's like something like your best or something like that and enter it and maybe a dozen plays. That does not mean it's crap. It does not mean it was bad. It just means that i mean like there there's so many good things out there it just wasn't picked that time it doesn't mean like like you know i look over like the the rap piece is sitting over there in my cabinet right now with the commended like uh paper with it and everything like that i love that thing it's great and and you know i think it looks good and everything like that like 
even after like Golden Demon, you know, I put it, you know, I was like, well, maybe, maybe it's not so good. Maybe I was kind of wrong about it. But then I went ahead and put up pictures of it and people really seemed to like it. So it's like, okay, no, it's, I mean, it's good. You know, just wasn't as good as other things. And that's okay. Now, were you able to talk to any of the judges or get any feedback? I wasn't, unfortunately, because like, so. There's so many people. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I really wish I had because um, I, w- I would have liked to have kind of heard their feedback and hopefully kind of maybe have confirmed some of my ideas and, and maybe where I was off and try to, you know, improve. But the but the thing was is that, so, you know, they're scheduled to do the announcements at one time. I'm like, okay, that, that's perfect. I can I can get out of here in time and I'll be, I'll be okay to get home and stuff like that. And then it got pushed back and then it got pushed back more and <laughs> it got pushed back more. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, when this thing ends, I have got to hit the road. And so, and so I got kind of rushed getting out. But I, I do know that they, they were able to give a lot of good feedback to a lot of people. So. Well, that's impressive that they were able, they would be able to give feedback. It's gotta be almost like a, uh, like a factory line. Okay, you, this, 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 and this. All right, next. You, this, this, yeah, this, yeah, and this, I, next. Yeah, maybe I, you know, I, you know, yeah, maybe I, I really don't know how they ended up doing it. But I mean, because like, just talking with friends that they were able to stay longer and stuff like that and get feedback. I mean, it, it was good quality stuff. So. Yeah, and I hope none of our listeners take the, like, the way I kind of ask the question as being disrespectful to either the Games Workshop or to, to your style. I mean, if I, in the end, you know, if I, if I had a choice between seeing the GW style or your style forever, right, you know, I would go, I would lean towards the artistic, towards your style. That's my which personal is, preference, you know. Right, which, which is totally fine. Like, um, there's been kind of discussion since Golden Demon about like miniature painting versus miniature art. It doesn't have to be either or. You can love both and you can do both. I mean, but like, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is like, I knew going to, going to Golden Demon, they were going to have more, they were going to be more technically oriented. That's a disadvantage for me. That's okay. I knew that going in, that's my problem. You know, like the, that's, you know, that's my thing to try to work on overcoming and stuff like that. Um, you know, if I if if I took a similar type piece to something like, say, Monty or something like that, though, maybe it would do better because at Monty, I think, you know, I, they definitely most certainly really focus on technical issues at Monty. Like, you know, I mean, you got the world's best painters there, but they also f- focus more on, on artistic and, and those type of things too. So that would probably have helped me out, you know, but it, it's just, it's just a different style of competition. If, uh, if our listeners were interested in joining the, uh, entering for the golden demon next year, um, what advice would you have for them? Um, I would, so the first thing I would do is I would make sure that you pick a piece to paint that you really, really love. Like an idea or a figure that you really, really love because you're going to be spending a lot, a lot of time with it. Um, so if you, you know, if you pick something, you're like, oh, I'm going to paint up uh, Space Works because I love Space Works. That's, that's fantastic. But if you're like, oh, I hate space orcs, well, then don't pay me in space orcs because you're going to be doing a lot of work with them and you're going to hate every moment of it. And that hate, that that 
dissatisfying feeling that you're having while you're painting is going to show up in the figure. So it's going to be a, a big disadvantage for you. The only other bit, bit I would say too is when you pick something that you love in it, you be patient with it. You make sure you take the time to really treat it well, you know, make sure you're removing all the mold lines, all that type of stuff. Taking that extra time to do those little things. And then when you're painting, you're just really taking your time and trying your very, very best to do it as perfectly as possible. I mean, you know, that, that would be my advice for, for approaching a golden demon. Yeah. And it can be a, you know, as you said, it can be a demotivator if, if you pick a piece and you're like, well, this is the one I need to paint. Uh, it becomes a chore. It's not fun. Uh, even if you are able to put a new or a good paint job to it, it it's gonna suck some of your life away. <laughs> you got to paint it. I totally understand yeah. that. And you know, or you, you know, you put your heart. Uh, you have your heart set on painting this figure and entering into a contest, and then you're like, I just can't muster up enough strength to finish this thing. It's so painful. Yeah. Um, then it just sits around. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a, a, a good um, uh, that's some good advice because yeah, you have to be happy yeah. and you have to want to paint it. So no need to get something that you think is yeah not going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, um, yeah, like this idea I have for the for my next Golden Demon entry. I mean, it, like I said, it's going to be a big project, but like I like the idea of the story with it. So it's the thing that's hopefully going to keep motivating me because otherwise I'm just probably going to make me go insane. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I get that. I totally, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, that's a, what was it? Uh, the scales on smog. Uh, I was like, why am I doing these individual, you know, like, all right, so where's the dry brush? Cause it was starting to like, I was, starting to blur and i'm like i've had this whole thing of like individual like i wanted to do all these individual I'm like, no uh uh-uh, dry brush uh, <laughs> here comes a dry brush for sure i get it i get it for sure so what's um right now uh besides uh the book coming out what's it what's in your future chris what's 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 going on with you what's coming up um hopefully hopefully nova that's kind of the next thing I want to go do. I, I'm kind of contemplating going to Gen Con because it's not that far for me. It's it's like a four or five hour drive. Um, oh, nice. But like, but like Nova is the thing that it kind of really interests me. It seems to be kind of like the new, not the new crystal brush, but like you know the new. Um, like it, it's a good level of competition. Something I've never been to. I've never experienced. So I kind of want to try that. So that, that's my hope. Well, just let um, us know. I'm sure that they could use some more instructors. Yeah. It, that's I, true. I actually got approached about it and I turned them down um, oh, mainly because okay. I was like, yeah, not because I'm not, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that they would ask, but really I was like, if I go to Nova for my first time being there, I want to do Nova and I want to experience as much as I can. And I don't want to be tied down to a classroom was really kind of my thought. So I respect it. Yeah. You take some classes, wander around, you get really bored. You just go into DC. Yeah. 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 I mean, I want to, you know, if I go over there, I want to like go check out the Smithsonian and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like, Hey, I have that time classes. Uh, all the games I want to play are later on tonight. So, uh, yeah, let me just go head on down to DC. It's only a Metro stop or two away. Yeah. Easy peasy. 
Yeah, yeah I haven't, I'm surprised you haven't tried to recruit him yet for the Capitol Palace. <laughs> hey, you know, if you have some free time and you come on down, you know, we could, uh, you know, we could always use some help in the Capitol Palace area. You're yeah, we have. Yeah, but also, if I, I was gonna say, but if I come down, I'm gonna want to enter it. Yeah. You can well, enter there's it. different level, different levels. There's like you would certainly be in masters. I mean, so they would probably yes. use, use you to judge journeyman or uh, apprentice. Oh, okay. Yeah, that could that might be a possibility. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. you know, I have a conversation with someone that I need to have about judges. So maybe I'll just throw your name out there. He'll probably be like, "Yeah, not until he's finished with this book." Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That Dave Taylor is the one who's helping helps Dan put the judges together. So yeah, you 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 might be asked anyways, even if we didn't have this conversation right now. <laughs> Probably. It's all yeah, right. I mean, now you know, at least know uh, Dan runs helps run the Capitol Palette. I don't know if you knew that beforehand. But. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. Um, yeah, I mean that, and then like other goals would be would be to make it the Monty. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's like kind of like the holy grail of miniature painting, right? And right. Like, I mean, yeah, the only thing that's really holding me back from going to Monty is myself. And it's, it's just because, like I said, I'm like, I, I'm sure it's some type of control issue, but like, I'm terrified of flying. I've only done it once and I was sick the whole entire time I did it. And mm -hmm. I mean, flying to Monty is like what, 14 hours, 15 hours. They have good pills and stuff for, for that kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you I, I school, so I imagine you have <laughs> access to something. Yeah. No, I literally was like, at one point, I was like, if I do this, I'm going to have to fly into like somewhere near Eric, and then I can take some Xanax. And then Eric can be basically just making sure I don't do anything stupid until I get there. <laughs> I well, guess it, probably, let's see. I wonder where we go. Probably Baltimore or yeah, maybe Dallas. Dallas no, you know what? Be. I bet they fight a California. I bet California. Yeah, they're going to go to California. Uh, I bet they fight in Chicago and then Chicago over or New York. Yeah. Yeah, and see if they do if they did Chicago over, then I could just drive up to Chicago, and then I could take the Xanax, and then Anthony can stay with me as I fly over. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the other side of it, though. You know, giant Viking guy watching over you in mm -hmm. you know, from Southern Virginia. You know, you got to pick your uh, you know what, what what you need. You know, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I you know, because like. I mean, you know, everyone's so incredibly nice and it's just, it's, it's a dream to go there and just be able to walk around through that little town and, and just experience yeah, everything. Everything Eric said was basically like you enter your models then you go eat and then you yeah, go eat some that, more. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. You, you enter your models, you go and eat and then you talk painting with like your friends. And then you guys go look at some of the models and then you're like, I feel hungry. You go eat again. You talked about painting more. <laughs> I think you just like, I think that's what it is. But that sounds perfect. That sounds like a great weekend. It really does. Really does. See, and I could, I, I would be easy. It, it would be easier for me to be like, hey, honey, let's go to Italy for this. And, you know, there's going to be two days where I'm busy. And my, my wife's very much like, yeah, I'll see you later. You know, like I'm gonna go explore Italy without your ass. You know, <laughs> well, no, that's no, she has no, uh, 
no shame in being independent. <laughs> but uh, for sure, or, no. Ah, you know, I don't, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, okay. But thank you so. I appreciate you joining us. But I want to make sure that uh, we, uh, since the last time that you were here. Um, you gave us some advice for our, to, to our listeners about becoming better, braver, happier painters. So since that time, anything new you learned or other advice that you would like to give uh, our listeners as they continue their journeys? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, a couple of things. Um, one, uh, and I, I, you know, I, I have to admit, I don't, I don't remember what I said last time, but uh, I think it's incredibly important to talk with other painters, to get other opinions, bounce ideas off them and stuff like that. Whether that's in a friendly way where it's, you know, just you hanging out with some friends and sharing pictures and being like, Hey, what do you think of this? Well, you know, you know, is, does this read correctly to you? Um, you know, real quick side tangent with that an example. So um, for folks who may have seen it on Instagram or whatever, I put up this picture of this, like kind of this like boat type base I did for, for a piece that I'm working on. So that piece has been under construction for since like December. Um, I've been kind of messing around with it. I mean, there'd be period of times where it sits still for like a week or two and nothing happened with it. But the reason it took so long to kind of do that is because I was constantly bouncing ideas off of all my friends, all these like other friends, you know, being like, Hey, what do you think about this? Does that read correctly? Is that right? And, you know, they would come back and they'd be like, Oh yeah, this, this is cool, but this, this isn't right. I don't like this. You know, um, like everything from, you know, like some of the initial pictures, they're like, it doesn't look like a boat. It looks like a tavern. I'm like, okay, so we got to fix that. How do we fix that? Okay. Let's add more nautical things into it. So like more ropes, more nets, those type of things, the octopus, you know, like decorations that says nautical. You know, so yeah, having that community to, to kind of bounce things off, which then leads to the other part of that, which is like find like if you have a mentor or something like that, that can be really useful. Um, like uh, I've done private coaching with Alfonso for almost two years now, and it's probably the best thing I ever did. Like my growth and learning jumped huge amounts just by talking with him, listening to him. You know, him telling me like, okay, I would try doing this and this is why, you know, and you're like, oh, I mean, and sometimes it was even just things that were, that were stupid that I just didn't know. Like, I mean, there was like literally one time he's like talking to me and he's like, how often are you changing out like your palette paper? And I'm like, oh, you know, I like leave it on there for like a, a week and a half. And he's like, you're insane. Like, he's like, you know, your paints are becoming all watery in that time and they're not getting good coverage. And this is part of the reason you're getting this like mad effect and everything like that. You know, like basically you should be doing this almost like daily, you know, switching out the paper or putting new paint in there, blah, 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 stuff like that. So it's just sometimes even things you think are simple and easy that you have no idea you're doing wrong. Having like that, that guidance and mentor can be a big help. So, and then the other part would be you should do things you love. So. If you love non-metal metallic, paint non-metal metallic and have fun doing it and keep like doing your best at it and stuff like that. If you like building dioramas, you keep building dioramas, but do the things you love. I just thought of something that, uh, shame on me for not asking about it, but you're the first artist that we've had that's been involved with the project. Um, can you tell oh. us a little bit about the Nova Open Charity uh, yeah. Marvel Superhero, Marvel United, I, I think it's United. 
um, yeah. that you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad you asked. I wanted to make sure we, we kind of got the word out about that. Um, so Nova, the Nova open charitable foundation is, uh, is this group run by, uh, Sean Fulton who, uh, every year they, they raffle off tickets for various artistic pieces done by artists and stuff like that. Uh, and then that money goes to like a worthy cause, like sometimes like doctors without borders and stuff like that. And this year it's going to be going to like the Ukrainian war effort. Um, so, um, the Marvel United one, this was Eric Swenson's idea and he started kind of gathering us all together and, uh, in between Eric and Sean, this thing just snowballed into this a massive, amazing project with all these artists coming in and being like, yeah, I'm going to paint the chibi and everyone painting these like chibi figures for that game. And then they're doing to all be raffled off together as like a complete set. And it, I mean, it has so many amazing artists and huge names in it. I, I can't believe it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's got like uh, Roma LaPonte in it, uh, David Caldwell, David Powell, uh, Mark is in it, uh, in, uh, Angel, uh, Eric, Steve Garcia, uh, Will Hahn. I mean, I can keep just listing names. I mean, and stuff like that. And the nice part is too, is that, uh, uh, the guys from Big Child and everything basically got us an entire Marvel United set. So it's got like the Kickstarter exclusives and all that type of stuff in it. Um, Damn. Now they're yeah, they're not cool. all painted, but a large number of them are. Uh, you know, and, and then uh, each artist like signs the base on there too. So it's just it's this it's this really beautiful set. I'm so thrilled to have a small contribution in it. And who do you who did you paint for it? Uh, so I painted up Taskmaster, um, and then I just finished Valkyrie today. So I've got Taskmaster and Valkyrie. So fun! That's a lot of fun. This is a great project, and I want to. Yeah, definitely. We'll 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 make sure we get the word out about it too. Now, when will do you know when this is going to be raffled off? Will this be at the Nova Open, or is this going to be before? I believe it's before. I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think the tickets start going on sale May fifteenth. And I think it runs for a month. You know, I I think that's, that's correct. Okay. I'm definitely going to have to throw some raffle ticket money at that for sure. Yeah. 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 Please do it. I mean, everyone please do. I mean, like it'll be an amazing set. I, I want the set really, really bad. (laughs) Especially after like, right. It's Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, especially after like some of the pieces, I mean, like everyone's been putting them up on Instagram and sharing them. So, you, you know, chances are people have seen them and everything, but like just all the amazing paint jobs and then everyone doing it in their own style or their own view is so incredibly cool. Yeah. I mean, just in one fell swoop, winning that raffle how many of the world's best artists do you get a piece from um, like instantaneously? You know, that's, that's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. I I couldn't give you an exact number. I do know that Sean told us at one point that through Eric kind of getting that thing started and then other people like seeing it and wanting to get in on it and, and all that type of stuff that we have like, 
either artists who are donating their own projects or pieces for that, the number somewhere around 80. And that, that, those are those are not all guys that are painting these models, but they're like you know people that are donating things and stuff like that. But like the number skyrocketed to like eighty when people started seeing all this, and, and hmm. like I said, it's it's amazing. It's a thing of beauty for sure. Yep. All right. Well, as we uh, I, of course we don't want to uh, to end this conversation, but. Um, as, as a closer here, can you remind us about uh, this book that you're doing for Kickstarter when it launches and yeah, yeah. where our listeners can find you? Um, so uh, listeners can find me just on Facebook under Chris Suri. Um, you can also find me on Instagram under uh, uh, Chris Suri Miniature Art. And then, you know, wherever there's a space, it's like just an underscore. Um if you find me on either of those platforms, you'll see there'll be links to the, King's, the Kickstarter, which goes on May 10th and then runs through the end of the month. Uh, the Kickstarter is for a series of books called The Art Of, and we're the second series. So we'll be volumes four, five, and six, and there'll be a book by myself um, focusing on my art and like dioramas and uh, storytelling. There'll be a book by Tommy uh, Sewell, who is uh, known as the Miniature Mentor, and he'll be focusing a lot more on that kind of technical things and stuff like that. And then um, good old uh, Sinai, um, who is going to be doing a lot of stuff with uh, colors, um, and he does a lot of color for all artwork, not only like on armies and you know Games Workshop type figures, but then also through like busts and stuff like that. Excellent. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of our money's going away, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jeez. We got Kickstarters. We have uh, charity events. We have Adepticon. So. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show again. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. No, thank you for having me, guys. I, I very much appreciate it. Yep. And we look forward to seeing you again out there. Sounds good. I'll see you guys at Nova Open, or if not there, at Depticon. Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPTWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. Downloaded from the free music archive on a non-commercial attribution share alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.